Om Namo Narayanaya. We are working our way through the Kama Sutra, which is a very interesting book. I'm keeping my comments minimal, just a few random thoughts after some videos or beforehand. I do want to say this feels purging in some way to read this text. It feels, I don't know, maybe not enlightening isn't quite the right word, but it feels good reading this for all of you, and I hope you're enjoying it. If you haven't noticed, I put the bit that I'm reading down below so that you can follow with me if you don't understand what I'm saying, or if it's confusing, or uh, if you're not a native English speaker, or whatever. And I welcome your comments, thoughts, and whatever. And uh, we will be continuing to read this book all the way to the end, and then we will change to something else. And, uh, yeah. Anyways, we are now in the sex part of the Kama Sutra. And today's chapter is On Kissing. It is said by some that there is no fixed time or order between the embrace, the kiss, and the pressing or scratching with the nails or fingers, but that all these things should be done generally before sexual union takes place, while striking and making the various sounds generally takes place at the time of the union. Vat Sayana, the author of the Kama Sutra, however, thinks that anything may take place at any time, for love does not care for time or order. On the occasion of the First Congress, kissing and the other things mentioned above should be done moderately. They should not be continued for a long time and should be done alternately. On subsequent occasions, however, the reverse of all this may take place and moderation will not be necessary. They may continue for a long time and for the purpose of kindling love, they may be all done at the same time. The following are the places for kissing. The forehead, the eyes, the cheeks, the throat, the bosom, the breasts, the lips, and the interior of the mouth. Moreover, the people of the Lat country kiss also on the following places, the joints of the thighs, the arms, and the navel. But Vasiana thinks that though kissing is practiced by these people in the above places on account of the intensity of their love and the customs of the country, it is not fit to be practiced by all. Now, in a case of a young girl, there are three sorts of kisses the nominal kiss, the throbbing kiss, the touching kiss. When a girl only touches the mouth of her lover with her own, but does not herself do anything, it is called the nominal kiss. When a girl, setting aside her bashfulness a little bit, wishes to touch the lip that is pressed into her mouth, and with that object moves her lower lip, but not the upper one, it is called the throbbing kiss. When a girl touches her lover's lip with her tongue, and having shut her eyes, places her hands on those of her lover, it is called the touching kiss. Authors describe four other kinds of kisses, the straight kiss, the bent kiss, the turn kiss, the pressed kiss. When the lips of two lovers are brought into direct contact with each other, it is called a straight kiss. When the heads of two lovers are bent towards each other, and when so bent, kissing takes place, it is called a bent kiss. When one of them turns up the face of the other by holding the head and chin and then kissing, it is called a turned kiss. Lastly, when the lower lip is pressed with much force, it is called a pressed kiss. There is also a fifth kind of kiss called the gently pressed kiss, which is affected by taking hold of the lower lip between two fingers and then, after touching it with the tongue, pressing it with grace force with the lip. As regards kissing, 
a wager may be made as to which will get hold of the lips of the other first. If the woman loses, she should pretend to cry, should keep her lover off by shaking her hands, and turn away from him and dispute with him, saying, Let another wager be laid. If she loses this a second time, she should appear doubly distressed, and when her lover is off his guard or asleep, she should get hold of his lower lip and hold it in her teeth, so that it should not slip away, and then she should laugh, make a loud noise, deride him, dance about, and say whatever she likes in a choking way, moving her eyebrows and rolling her eyes. Such are the wagers and quarrels as far as kissing is concerned. But the same may be applied with regard to the pressing or scratching with the nails and fingers, biting and striking. All these, however, are only peculiar to men and women of intense passion. When a woman kisses the upper lip, sorry, back up, when a man kisses the upper lip of a woman, while she in return kisses his lower lip, it is called the kiss of the upper lip. When one of them takes both the lips of the other between his or her own, it is called a clasping kiss. A woman, however, only takes this kind of kiss from a man who has no mustache. And on the occasion of this kiss, if one of them touches the teeth, the tongue, and the palate of the other with his or her tongue, it is called the fighting of the tongue. In the same way, the pressing of the teeth of one against the mouth of the other is to be practiced. Kissing is of four kinds. Moderate, contracted, pressed, and soft, according to the different parts of the body which are kissed, and for different kinds of kisses are appropriate for different kinds, different parts of the body. When a woman looks at the face of her lover while he is asleep and kisses it to show her intention or desire, it is called a kiss that kindles love. When a woman kisses her lover while he is engaged in business, or while he is quarreling with another, or while he is looking at something else, so that his mind may be turned away, it is called a kiss that turns away. When a lover coming home late at night kisses his beloved who is asleep on her bed in order to show her his desire, it is called a kiss that awakens. On such an occasion, the woman may pretend to be asleep at the time of her lover's arrival so that she may know his intention and obtain respect from him. When a, kissing, sorry, when a person kisses the reflection of the person he loves in a mirror, in water, or on the wall, it is a kiss, again, sorry, it is called a kiss showing the intention. When a person kisses a child sitting on his lap, or a picture, or an image, or a figure in the presence of the person beloved by him, it is called a transferred kiss. When at night, at a theater or an assembly of cast men, a man coming up to a woman kisses a finger of her hand, if she be standing, or a toe of her foot, if she be sitting, or when a woman is shampooing her lover's body, places her face on his thigh, as if she was sleepy, so as to inflame his passion, kisses his thigh or great toe, it is called a demonstrative kiss. There is also a verse on this subject as follows. Whenever things may be done by one of the lovers to the other, the same should be returned by the other. If the woman kisses him, he should kiss her in return, and if she strikes him, he should also strike her in return. Thus ends this chapter on kissing. I had two thoughts that came to my mind. One is, I can't believe how many of these things I remember seeing like in high school or middle school when I was searching through books on you know, how to meet and make out with girls and I knew nothing and I would see things like this.
uh, in these books going like, oh, this is what you should do, and this is what you should do. And I just wonder, these, you know, were books written by Western authors or whatever, I didn't have the internet then. So I'm, I'm just wondering if that is just natural human discoveries that European writers found, or if basically the Kama Sutra has just spread all over the world and basically become the foundation of our sex culture. I don't know, is it that huge that it just sort of seep into all these other cultures and now we talk about stuff not realizing it comes from the Kama Sutra? On the other hand, obviously this is not the very first text on sex. There's other texts because he references other writers. So uh, maybe this is just the one text we know, but the ideas were around in many cultures. The other thing is reading that last chapter felt to me like reading some bad classic romance novels or like film worn movies. This is like scene after scene after scene. <laughs> I should note, please, if you're going to do this book with someone, um, please be considerate of them, ask for permission, don't rape them, don't assault them, don't do anything like that. There are things in this book that if you follow exactly as said, I believe you will be liable for assault or rape. Um, that's kind of an internal problem I'm having with this text. So please take in consideration when this was written, the culture you live in. And of course, I'm speaking from a Western culture. Assault laws are different in every culture um, and every country. So just just make note of that. Moving things from the past to the present isn't all, you know, just because this is what it says doesn't mean that's what you should be doing. There are laws in the nation and the laws of God and the laws of the nation. Well, you can work that out with a judge, but I'd prefer that you don't. We're here reading these texts to praise the Lord, not to hurt anybody, but to enlighten ourselves. That being said, thank you for hanging with me and comments and all that good stuff below. And um, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare.